the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall what? Continually be in my mouth. So if God has what I want to do, if God has been good to you, has done anything for you, has brought you from anywhere. And you have to say he brought you from somewhere because you came from somewhere to get here. And you arrive safely, then you ought to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, I thank you. Uh, Thank my wife for that wonderful introduction. I mean, you get a chance to have breakfast tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you so much. But first of all, to Pastor John, Minister Leslie, I pray that. God is not through with you yet. And here in this, this church that God will continue to pour out his grace, his mercy upon you and that you will continue to be a blessing in this community, but most of all that you will continue to be a blessing to one another. Amen. If nothing else, if nothing else, as I say, if nothing else, I see that. Okay. And be a blessing to, to one another. And again, we are happy, we are glad to, we are glad to be here uh, on this celebration, this sixth year. Now, I know, I know that you know, we, the, the, uh, the, you know, the worship team, the praise team, you had, you had great, you had great worship. You had great praise. Some of you got your, you got your, you got your shout on and all of that, right? Hey, amen. Because you didn't give me, you didn't give me no shouting text. Uh, now, if you expect, if you expect for me to, you know, to break out in the sweat and start hooping and all of that, you, we better find another text. Uh, because, you know, you know, you know me, you can only, you can only preach the text. But there is a word, there is a word, there is a word in the text for us. You see, because in this letter, in this letter to the, to the Ephesian Christians, the Apostle Paul wrote in that, in that Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1, that first, that first clause he wrote, he said, therefore be imitators of God. Huh? This is, this is Paul's overall command for this section of Scripture, you know, and then, but then in this, he gives three, he gives three ways that Christians, you know, are to imitate God. It says, you know, Christians imitate God by walking in love, by walking in the light, and by walking in wisdom. You know, today in being in line and staying in line with your theme, you know, I want to, I want to examine how, how Christians imitate God by walking in wisdom. So if you will, I know that you have read it. I know True Love have read it. Ephesians chapter 5, let's go to 
verse 15. I know your text, I know your, your scripture says there, 15 to what, 21. And just, uh, I want to stop at verse 17. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. There, and it says this, and you find that it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God is. And we're going to stay, we want to stay with your theme or your thought of the thought of your theme there, walk in or walk in wisdom. And I want to take, I want to take out the walk in, you know, part maybe there and just say walk in wisdom. Because this is what this text, this is what this text is calling for us to do is to walk in wisdom. Am I right? Dr. Herschel Hobbes writes that, that a person may have great knowledge but lack wisdom. He goes on to say that knowledge is a, is a mental accumulation of facts. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge properly in ordering one's life. You see, beloved, beloved, I have come, I have come to find out that we have a whole lot of people that have a whole lot of knowledge, but some of them don't have the wisdom in order to use the knowledge in order to order their lives in the way that God would have them to do it. You remember, you remember that after King David, after King David died, his son Solomon became the third king of Israel. And the Bible says that Solomon, the son of David, established himself in the kingdom, and the and the Lord, you know, you know, you know, with the Lord, and God was with him and made him exceedingly great. But watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. In that story, in that story, it also says that one night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask what I shall give you. Beloveds, wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't it be nice that if God just showed up there and just say, okay, come on, tell me, what, tell me what you want me to give you. Ask me anything that you want me to give you. Uh, now, some of us, some of us would go crazy. Some of us would, some of us would lose our mind. Now, come on, come on, don't, don't act like you're all holy like that. That if God told you to ask me whatever you want for me to do, whatever you want for me to give you, that you wouldn't go crazy. And some of us would ask for something stupid. Huh? Here we are. We have the opportunity to ask God to give us whatever we want. And God's saying, I'm going to do it. And we ask him for something crazy. Uh, but watch this, watch this, watch this. And Solomon said to God, give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people. For who can govern this people of yours, which is so great? Now watch this. God answered Solomon and said, because this was in your heart. 
And you have not asked for possessions. You have not asked for honor. You have not asked for wealth. You have not asked for a long life. You have not asked for me to get those that you that, that hate you, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may govern my people over my people that I have made you king over. Then God says, wisdom and knowledge I grant you. But watch this, but watch this. Why we're happy about that God gave him what he asked for, the wisdom and knowledge in God. Basically, God says, now, because you didn't ask for all of the other stuff, uh, because you didn't ask for wealth and uh, you didn't ask for money, you didn't ask for your house to get paid off, you didn't ask for a new car, you asked for knowledge and wisdom. Uh, I'm going to give you that, but watch this. Uh, I will also give you riches and possessions and honor such as none of the kings had who were before you and none after you shall have it like this. Other words, God said, because you asked for the right stuff. Say, beloved, 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 when you ask for the right stuff, when you ask for wisdom to understand God, when you ask for wisdom to understand God and to lead God's people that he has entrusted with, not only will he answer that, but he'll give you the other stuff. Because somebody remember, somebody also remember when it started talking about riches and houses and lands and clothing and food and all of that. What did he say? He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. In other words, seek the right thing first and, and I'll make all of this other stuff happen. That's all the preaching I'm going to do. Let's teach this text. That whole story, the whole story of Solomon, Second uh, Chronicles chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. Go, and you go, go check me. One of the characteristics of those who imitate God is that they possess wisdom. Ephesians 5, 15 and 17 teaches us to walk in wisdom. Two things stand out in, this, in, this, in these verses. What Christians do to imitate God. Verse 15, how Christians behave to imitate God. Verses 16 and 17. Let's examine this and we'll be on our way home. What Christians do to imitate God? The Apostle Paul states that three, he stated, he stated three things that I told you that Christians do to imitate God. You know, verse two, you know, Christians imitate God by walking in love and in verse 2a. And secondly, Christians imitate God by walking, you know, in the light in verse 8b. But Christians imitate God by walking in wisdom in our text verse. In verse 15, our text for today, Paul says, Paul says, we then that, you know, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Beloved, the moment we became a Christian, by repentance of sin and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, God made us wise. 
I know, I know, I know, I know, I know you're right. Some of us don't act like it. But when the moment that we became believers, God made us wise. John MacArthur writes, the moment we were saved, we became receptacles of wisdom that henceforth renders us responsible for our behavior. What they're saying, let me unpack it a little bit. What they're saying, what they're saying is that the moment that we became a believer, God gave us enough wisdom to become responsible for our behavior. In other words, other words, before we became a believer, we really wasn't responsible. We didn't have enough sense to be responsible for our behavior. But the moment we became a believer, God gave us enough wisdom to be responsible for our behavior. And my confidence continues, he says, it says, the believer begins his or her new life in Christ with all the wisdom necessary to live for the Lord. But he or she is also to continually grow in wisdom. In other words, what he's saying, in other words, what MacArthur was saying with this is that all of the wisdom that God gave us when we, when we gave our lives to him doesn't mean that we stop right there. Otherwise, I have all I, I have all I need. This is all this is all I need. I don't need to do anything. He says that we are to continue to grow in wisdom, to mature, you know, with more faith, be more faithful and more productive in our service. This is why Paul, this is why Paul is so precise in his statement when he says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise. Paul understood, Paul understood that Christians can convert back to walking as fools. Huh? Yeah, yeah, don't, 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 get it, don't get it twisted just because you, you have been saved that you can go back to walking like a fool. Huh? In fact, in fact, in fact, Solomon, the wisest man ever lived, eventually slid into half-hearted obedience to God by marrying unbelievers and worshiping other gods. Here it is, here it is, here it is. The smartest man that ever lived. But yet... He slid back into half-hearted obedience to God. So Christians, so Christians are not are not immune from reverting to walking in foolishness. A Christian, a Christian who reverts to being to being unwise does not believe God for everything. They may believe God for some things, but not for everything. Now, if we was to ask, we was to ask, if I was to ask the question, uh, how many here believe God for everything? Probably every hand would go up. But watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. I was at a leadership conference once. 
when one of this one of the speakers said, I have several questions, uh, several statements. And he says, say amen if you agree with each of these statements. He began, he began his several statements. He says, say amen if you believe that God is but one only and living and true God. Everybody shouted, amen. He says, say amen if you believe that God is almighty and most wise, most holy, and most absolute, working all things according to his purpose. And everybody shouted, Amen. He says, say amen if you believe that God uh, created the heavens and the earth uh, out of nothing and everybody shouted. He says, say amen if you believe uh, that God, God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, and powerful action. And everybody shouted. Amen. He says, say amen if you believe that God is, uh, you know, is in the sovereign control of the entire universe. Everyone shouted amen. And he says, say amen if you believe that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and that Jesus is now seated at the right hand of God. And guess what? Everybody shouted Amen. But watch this. He says, say amen if you believe that God is able to take care of you with all your troubles, with all your problems, with all of your trials, with all of your heartaches, with all of your illnesses, with all of your sicknesses, with all of your downfalls. That was only... That was only a few whispers of amen. See, because, beloved, uh, we don't always believe that God uh, can do everything. And we don't always believe God uh, completely. We believe him part of the way, but not all the way. Because sometimes we'll believe that God can save our souls, uh, but God can't get the rent paid. We'll believe that God can take us to heaven, uh, but God can't heal cancer. We believe that God uh, can save the multitude, uh, but we don't believe that he can handle our little old problem. Beloveds, beloveds, uh, is a strange, is a tragedy that so many Christians uh, foolishly do not take God at his word in everything he says. But Christians who imitate God believe him completely. Believe him completely. And then the second thing in this, how Christians behave to imitate God. Verses 16 and 17 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what is the will of of the Lord, or what the will of the Lord is. How do Christians behave to imitate God? Two things. 
One, by making the best use of the time that God has given us. The phrase redeeming the time or making the best use of time means to do something with intensity and urgency, to work urgently. Christians walk in wisdom by making the best use of the time that God has given us. Beloveds, beloveds, if we're going to walk in wisdom, we have to understand that the time that God has given us is urgent. It doesn't matter whether we have 10 years or 30 years or 40 years. It's still a sense of urgency because we do realize that 50 years or 60 years is nothing in the time of eternity. Christians, Christians walking in unity and, you know, walking in wisdom must make the best use of the time that God has given them. And I would, I would raise the question and ask you the question, are you making the best use of the time that God has given you? Or are you wasting time, you know, worrying about who's not doing what, who's not acting right, who's not living right, who's not treating you right? Or are you making the best use of the time that God has allowed at you, that you'll be able to tell somebody your story? You don't have to tell mine, or you don't have to tell the Apostle Paul's, but are you taking that time to tell somebody your story of where God has brought you from, what God has done in your life, how God has used you, how God has helped you. Beloveds, too many Christians wasting time by not sharing how good God has been because their little old feelings got hurt. You hurt my feelings. And we wasting time by not sharing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ and what God has done for us because we upset. As Christians, beloveds, we need to make the best use of the time when God, when God saved us. Watch this. When God saved us, he did not immediately take us to heaven. Huh? He left us here on earth. And if God, when God saved us, Somebody watch this. Somebody watch this. Somebody watch this. Because when God saved us, when God saved you, when God saved me, when God forgave us of our sins, we were as clean and as perfect as we are ever going to be while we are here on this earth. But God did not take us to heaven because he still has something for us to do. He still wanted us to do something to redeem the time that we have and use it for his purpose and his glory. See, beloved, as a believer, if God was through with you, you'd be gone. 
you'd be gone. There wouldn't be any reason for you to hang around if God was through with you. Somebody say, I'm glad he's not done with me. Beloveds, 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 we are to worship and serve him to the best of our ability. We are to tell others about the hope that we have found in Jesus. We are to live as salt and light before a watching world, pointing people to Christ. We are to use the time that we have to make some impact in somebody's life. We are to use the time that we have to make a difference in somebody's life. We are use the time that we have to change some situation in somebody's life. We are to use the time that we have to be the light that somebody is looking for. We are to use the time that we have in order to be the light of the world that somebody might be able to see Jesus, somebody that's lost in the darkness, somebody that's trying to find their way, somebody that have nothing to look for, no hope to gain, but will see something in our lives that will lead them to the Lord. Beloved, beloved, as Christians, we also Imitate God by walking in wisdom, by understanding the will of the Lord. Paul says in verse 17, and, and we, we, get, we hit the road, said, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what is or what the will of the Lord is. This is supremely demonstrated by Jesus himself when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane as he was, as he was facing his crucifixion. There Luke 22 and 42 says that he said, Father, it is, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Uh, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Then Jesus also taught us uh, to pray in the famous prayer known as the Lord's Prayer. Not my will, but your will be done. Beloved, uh, nothing is more important in life than to discover and do the will of God. What is the will of God? What is the practical will of God revealed to us for our lives in Scripture? God's will is that we be saved. 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. God's will is that we be spirit-filled. Ephesians 5, 18. God's will is that we be submissive. 1 Peter 2, 13, and 15. God's will may include suffering. 1 Peter 3, 17. God's will is that 
that we be thankful. First Thessalonians 5, 18, where it says, be thankful always. Always meaning everything at all times, in every situation, under every condition, when you feel good, when you feel bad, when you're sick, when you're healthy, when you're happy, or when you're sad, but be thankful in everything. Beloveds, beloveds, beloveds. So when we are saved, spirit-filled, sanctified, submissive, and thankful, even in the midst of suffering, we can walk in wisdom because we understand what is the will of God in our lives. Beloved, when you're walking in the will of God and you know that you are in the will of God, you can be thankful in every situation when we are walking in the will of God. We can do all things through Christ that strengthen us. Jesus Christ is our supreme example for fulfilling the command of our text. He always functioned according to the divine principle established by the Father. The words of David uh, kind of sums this up, uh, this reaction uh, of teaching this text. Uh, in Psalms 101, uh, he said, I will sing uh, of mercy uh, and justice uh, to you, O Lord. I will sing uh, praises. I will behave uh, wisely uh, in a perfect way. So, beloved, let us uh, commit ourselves today uh, to walk in wisdom uh, and not as fools, uh, to walk in wisdom uh, and not as the foolish uh, or the unwise, uh, uh, making the best use uh, of the time uh, that the Lord has given us, uh, because tomorrow uh, is not promised uh, to any of us, uh, and we are uh, able to walk uh, in wisdom uh, and make the best uh, use of our time uh, because we understand uh, our lives. Uh, we understand uh, the will of God uh, for our lives. Uh, am I right about it? Uh, and see, beloveds, uh, I don't know about you, uh, but when I understand uh, what God's will is uh, for my life, uh, I can walk uh, in wisdom, I can walk in love, I can walk in peace in the middle of a troubled situation because I understand what the will of God is for my life. Am I right about it? Anybody here know the will of God for your life? 
anybody here walking in the will of God, in the plan of God, in the way of God, up the rough side of the mountain? But God has promised if we stay in his will, if we stay in his way, if we stay in his plan, if we stay according to his purpose, if we stay in his action, if we use in our time, our time, our time, our time that he has left us here for the best use to his glory, not our glory, for his purpose, not our fame, for his purpose that he will, he will, he will, he will, he will, he will take care of us. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? I know it ain't my time to preach. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Come on. If you believe that, come on. We are talking about a God that's risen up for you. 